Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi guys, Magli here. Welcome back onto the podcast. I have the lovely Amelia with me today. Hi Amelia. Hello everyone. <laughs> Amelia and I met originally in India when I was doing my yoga teacher training and you are a yoga teacher. Is that like the title you go by it's it's a weird thing isn't it I, I don't know anymore like yeah. I question I question it quite often uh, how I want it to be called but I guess yeah I do teach people how to love themselves a little bit more so I guess yeah, the teacher could be yeah I struggle with the label as well because what I really want to say is I'm a person that holds space for people through the practice of yoga, movement, and breath. Mm -hmm. But that's really long. <laughs> I actually, I don't teach that much yoga anymore. I actually teach anatomy and alignment. And oh, cool. I, I teach maybe some private lessons here and there, but I, I don't teach that much yoga in terms of yoga anymore. I teach things, but I don't know if just mainly yoga. But yeah, yeah. I understand what, what you meant with the title. Thing. Yeah. What made you change out of curiosity? <laughs> Being a mom. <laughs> mm. uh, juggling with time and, and, you know, like having learning to just delegate some of the work and just stay with the things that I like the most. Yeah, it's hard. Yes, it Especially is. Especially when you do love your profession. That's something mm -hmm. that I struggle with as well. Obviously, my priority is my baby, but... It's not the only thing. <laughs> Actually, for me, um, going to teach, it's kind of my safe space. It's the uh -huh. easy. So whenever I'm like a little bit moody or whatever, I'm like, oh, I know that after teaching, that's going to be gone. Some people might not have the um, luck of loving that much what they do. So for me, it's more like at the end of a work day at home with Valentina, it's going back to a safe space. <laughs> teaching um i do love my daughter <laughs> but it's work yeah, i agree and it's annoying that like and i say this without judgment because i do exactly the same i feel like i need to put in a disclaimer oh i do love her but mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's like yeah. there should just be an understanding of course i love her but it's fucking hard but can you imagine people who doesn't love their work and then they feel like oh work and then it's like oh like another battle at home and then oh work so you know for me it's like a place to breathe and just like recharge to get home and just be like okay I'm ready to rock this evening today yeah I completely agree I feel exactly the same about teaching or holding space or however you want to call it um and even sometimes I find that I can't be bothered because as much as we love it, it's still work and we're still human. And some days you think, oh, no, I don't want to, you know, teach or whatever. But then I go and 
I, f- I feel alive. Even though mm-hmm. I've given, it's, it gives so much back to me. I completely mm-hmm. resonate with that. Okay, so how old is Valentina? She's going to turn three in September. So two and a half and a little bit more. About to turn three, let's say. Go on, tell us, how has that been? Correct me if I'm wrong, you're a single mom. I am a single mom. And um, some days I feel I'm very lucky because there is no expectations on an other person. So when, whenever I had a rough day at work or whatever, if I had a partner, I would have expectations of being taken care of and I know that maybe that partner also had a rough day etc etc so I know it's on me everything is on me the good and the bad so there's a good side of it and there's been some very rough moments for example how do you do the bath do the dinner uh, with a very tired kid when you are very tired as well at that moment of the day for like I would say in between she was eight months. That's when she started crawling till two years. Um, It's been very, very, very difficult. Now it's a little bit better because I can leave her a little bit more alone. Like she's in the bath and I can hear from the kitchen and I come and I go and it's a little bit better. But uh, for a year, it's like dinner time. It's been super hard been super challenging because you know they just wanted to be in your arms and how you're gonna make dinner and like everything because at the end so often my house was an absolutely mess go to sleep with everything on top of the table and and that's it and next day you go to have breakfast and you're like oh there's still the dinner of last night yeah Um, and you know you adapt to whatever like you have to hands and the priority is that they feel supported and safe and that the kitchen is a mess. Uh, like, of course, if it's a mess on a place that they can, cannot reach, it's better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what, you know, trying to keep the mess out of reach. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, although I think, you know, I could handle it. Of course, you know, you can always handle it, but I can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> you, you you just prioritize differently. Like at the end of the day, there's people who has much worse situations than me. Imagine uh, someone who is married and has to take care of the kid and the husband because not every partner is good. So then on top of just like having to take care of that baby, you also have to do the washing for somebody else and you have to just shop double and yeah. like... so. At the end of the day, you adapt and you prioritize what's important in the moment. And then things keep shifting. Like, as you know, like the struggle at one point, it's not the same next week. And and I think what we struggle the more is to adapting to those fast changes. Uh, and when you think you got it, you didn't. Yeah, uh, It changes again. <laughs> Um, when you are about to be like, okay, stability, we found a routine, whatever, then they are stage of dropping an app and it's oh, like, yeah. here we are again, trying to figure out when to sleep and how long to sleep for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard. Can I ask about how that journey was for you in terms of being a single mom? What did that look like? <laughs> You know what? I don't know why. In the bottom of my heart, I always knew I was going to be a, a single mom. 
Uh, I know that might be a little bit weird. Um, I got pregnant just sleeping one night with a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the moment that I learned I was pregnant, actually, this is a very cool story. Um, I had some couple of friends visiting and it was pouring rain and they were there just for four days. So they wanted to visit the place. So I tell them, oh, I, I'm late on my period. And actually at that moment, she was trying to get pregnant. And she was like, oh, don't worry. Like for me, sometimes it gets to nine days. And I was like, I was not considering maybe pregnancy in a, like I discovered later, like real situation. But, you know, like every time that you have to have your period and you've been sleeping with someone, even sometimes it happens to me, like I've not slept with anyone and I'm just thinking, oh, my period is not coming. So it's like this recurrent thought. So I took them for a walk and I was like, look, it's pouring rain. I'm not walking on the rain. I'll drop you. I'll go for a coffee and then I'll, I'll pick you up. So I dropped them and I just see a pharmacy and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a test so I can remove that idea out of my brain. And actually it was the first time in my life that I had a test, pregnancy test. So I'm in that bar. Um, the bathroom is outside. It was pouring rain. So, you know, I go, I pee, I put the stick on my back. I go, I order a drink um, and I see it and I look at it. And there was a very dark line and a very light line. And I thought, okay, I'm fine, right? Thinking this is not like, it was pre-COVID. So we didn't know how actually a test worked. Like yeah. I think nowadays everyone knows what what, what is positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, like, it was my first ever, ever test. So I sit there and just trying to make sure that that very light line doesn't get darker. <laughs> and then I'm starting thinking that if I'm looking it in the right direction or in, in the box, it was in the other way around. So I go back to the bathroom, pouring rain outside. I grab it from the bin because I just left, left the box there. <laughs> and then I realize it's positive. So I go back in in the bar. I grab my drink and I stay for five minutes with the drink in my hand being like in shock, completely in shock, being like, um, is that <laughs> real? It's like, <laughs> is even that a possibility? And yeah, then yeah. thinking with whom I had slept <laughs> um, just to figure out also. So I was like, oh my God, like, so then I tried to call a friend and she's like, oh, not now. And just about to enter in the shower. I'm like, no, no, now, now. <laughs> now. <laughs> So I go, uh, I go and pick up my friends walking under the rain. And remember, they were trying to get pregnant. So I tell them that my test is, look, I stop and I did a posit- uh, test and it's positive. And they're like, oh, but sometimes those things are wrong. <laughs> so at that moment, I was already super happy. Like at that moment, yeah. I was like, you know what? I always wanted to be a mom. I even had to look into the in vitro situation and I felt super overwhelmed and I closed the computer I was like I I don't know if I can do that so I always wanted to be a mom and and it's like be careful what you wish for um <laughs> type of situation and then I I tell them and they're like oh so we go and buy another test and then I'm telling these people that they've been trying to have a baby that I am pregnant so yeah um that was the learning (laughs) but I was very like happy from moment one like I don't know it it never crossed my mind if I had to do it or not I was like this is it and um I feel I'm a very strong woman and I feel like I can overcome situations so I I never thought it would be hard or not hard or like it's what it is and yeah yeah 
Can I ask if you contacted the man? Yes, absolutely. So actually, when I slept with him, we had a conversation and we went on a retreat, New Year's retreat. And actually, I made the mistake of my flight. So I stayed one night at his house because he was living nearby the, the place where the retreat was. And, and we had that conversation where I was telling him, I only date people that want to make a family because I'm not going to like, I was 35 and I didn't want to lose time with people that had a clear thoughts of not being a dad and he was a dad already so he was like yeah, yeah I have the same but in the opposite side he already had a kid and he knew he didn't want to have any other kids so he was only dating people that didn't want to have kids so that was pretty clear to be like okay so it was very nice I'm going my way you're going your way because there's no way that this can happen so imagine I'm sorry but the irony <laughs> yeah yeah oh my but it, it keeps like it's even worse because then I call him and I tell him like about a month later so I slept with him the night of New Year's Eve I know which moment Valentina was made and mm-hmm. then um I think it was the 24th of January that I knew when I call him like quite uh, right after and he was like oh my god it's the second time that that happens to me so the other daughter already happened just by one night stand <laughs> and you have to think that even not like we didn't take we were not careful we even used condoms so mm-hmm. like what are the chances yeah uh, powerful sperm <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, if anyone needs his <laughs> he doesn't want to be a dad but <laughs> i hope he never listens to this but <laughs> oh my goodness and did i mean what did the conversation look like is he in valentina's life he so the idea when i was pregnant you know there's all these hormones fantasizing with everything like i he lives far away he lives 600 kilometers away and he has a daughter with half custody so i knew already he would not be able to be a present dad. so and because i knew he didn't want it to be a dad it was like look you can tell me how much involved you want to be i'm fine i'm not gonna judge like as little or as much as you can so when i was pregnant he came when i had valentina he came but then so basically he comes once or twice a year to spend a few days with her however the last times that he's come a couple of situations just drive me quite insane so i was very disappointed for example uh, he comes, so I go and pick her up at three instead of five at school. Uh, so they can just have some more time together. We go to pick her up at three together. And then I'm like, okay, we can go to the swimming pool. That was last summer. And he's like, okay, I'm going to grab the things on my car. So he goes his, to his car. I start to go to, to the pool at my parents' house. And he messages me to tell me that he's going for a coffee. And I'm like, look, like I could have gone at five and just have a shower because, you know, when you have a one-year-old kid and you are a single mom, shower is not that obvious. Um, So instead of like going to grab her at three, I could have gone at five and those two hours, it gives me so much time to do so much things. So if I went to pick her up at three, it was for him. And then him just coming back at five, I, I was very, very pissed. So now, actually, it's coming the time again that we're going to see him. Um, he's, a, he's a good guy, but at the same time, like, because I've been disappointed, now I'm like, you know what? Um, I decide how that's going to go. Yeah. I always get nervous because I, I don't want Valentina to have 
self-esteem problems, thinking, oh, my dad doesn't love me, blah, blah, blah. So I tried to supply all of this with thousands of extra love. And I wish things were different, but they are not. And, and it's just like trying to figure out uh, how to... How to yeah. Do, do they talk like outside of those two times? Yes, we video call uh, mm -hmm. now and then. Uh, at the beginning, I was a little bit mad because he didn't ask me for that much pictures or like, but now actually I feel very relieved because it's like, okay, I need to deal with that couple three days a year. I can make the effort. I can be there. I can be, you know, super like, oh, look, this is your great dad and mm -hmm. for three days and then just like forget about it. Is there a little bit of resentment? And I'm saying that because I feel like I would feel resentful if I was presented with a situation where I need to put the dad, a not very present dad, on a pedestal for my child. Uh, there's this book that I recommend to everyone that's called The Book I Wish My Parents Have Read. Uh, I've heard of it. I have it. It's on my bookshelf, but I've not read it yet. It's a must. I'm not doing it for me. I'm not like... There is resentment, but it's like, okay, next encounter, how do I want to happen? So I'm not going to invite him to come home. Like why I'm going to, like he's at the end of the day, a stranger. So he can, all the money that he doesn't pay to have a daughter, he can book himself a nice hotel, you know, and enjoy that part of it. And just like meet for three, four hours when she gets out of school at five, not at three. <laughs> um and then at the end of the day I go back home with her so we have some quiet time together and you know like not letting like there's other men who are so much more present in her life than him so um, I don't I, I don't know I, I need help if somebody can recommend me a therapist to that works with these types of situations but I, I i thought like i would postpone it till a point that she starts asking questions so far um valentina is quite fine like she doesn't look for answers or questions yet so at, at the moment that that's gonna happen i know i'm gonna need to have help to yeah. know how to deal with the situation the best again to to make sure that her self-esteem it's strong enough to not have um mental problems mental issues because of the situation mm -hmm. because there's plenty of people who loves her and that title of that yeah a hundred percent the title of that i think it's important to have i don't know i think if you had asked me a few years ago um i think i would have said that it's important to have a somewhat masculine energy in terms of a role model and a feminine energy in terms of a role model but now and you know that would have looked like as a man and a woman but I feel like I don't know maybe I'm a little bit biased because my sister is a single mom as well but she's in a same-sex relationship and they make it work and my nephew is happy and yeah he asks questions and if it wasn't a question about dad it would be something else mm-hmm um, and, and then there is some masculine reference for her. So there is, um, I live close to my parents. So there is my dad who is there. There is my brother that she doesn't see that often, but he's around. And then I have the the lock of my work setup. So I 
I have a yoga teacher training school where people come to spend four weeks to do a training and then they go. So we live in a community. So, okay, at the end of the day, we go home, but I have her a lot involved into this community. Um, so there is teachers who sometimes, you know, they are there for her, that they come home. So she sees different men. Maybe, I don't know if they're going to be referenced or not, but there is some men, and I'm not talking about masculine or feminine because now I'm talking about men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the funny situation is that sometimes at school, any of the other peers will call their dad and be like, dad! And she goes running to that man being like, dad! <laughs> so it, <laughs> it makes it very awkward for them. I, I laugh. Um, I, I notice like she, she uses the dads of her friends, uh, yeah. you know, to have a little bit of this attention when she sees any of her friends going to the dad she goes as well and they are becoming family as well so yeah she doesn't have a dad home but there is like lots of dads around yeah I agree I it's feel... not the same eh? but well it's not the same but I also to a certain extent you know as families as moms we all have different challenges because for example yeah Isla does have her dad at home but do you know what we don't have we don't have a community it is mm -hmm. just me and George, my partner. And when mm -hmm. he's at work or when he's away, it's just me. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot to be said for a community. Slowly, I am building a community in a little bit of a village. And I feel more comfortable to just call up my neighbor or a friend and say, look, can you can you walk the dog? Because it's just me tonight. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. George needs to work late because, you know, we need money. <laughs> like, and I feel much more comfortable doing that now. But from the sounds of it, correct me if I'm wrong, you have like a nice village. We started the school when she turned one. I say the school, it's kindergarten, um, yeah. but I call it school. And actually we've made like uh, these five, six kids who just are having fun together. And with the parents also, we, we even went out for dinner with the other moms the other day because I'm... Even if I'm from here, I'm quite new to these areas. So I didn't know that much people here. So often I'm just hanging out with my parents. So now I start to feel a little bit of all of this. And yeah. the magic is if there was no Valentina, contacting with other people would be so hard. But Interesting. It's a, it's a massive link to loads of people. And she goes on the street and she just like anyone that has a dog, she will stop them and ask them if she can touch the dog. Like I talk to lots of people and if I was not a mom, I would not have that access to people, which uh, she's bringing to me amazing people in, in our lives. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I really feel that as well. Uh, Isla's at childminding and when I drop her, sorry, when I pick her up and we walk home because we don't have a driveway, we have to park the car a little bit further away. So we walk from the car to the house and there's always this older man walking all the time and slowly you know at first you smile you nod then you start to say hello then you start you know he recognizes Isla she's always pushing her pram with her little doll and then you start to make conversation and now actually you know it's never going to go beyond you know beyond mm -hmm. that but it's actually it's really nice to just have a little bit of a connection a somewhat superficial connection still to mm -hmm. just talk and he'll say good evening Isla how was your day at childminding? And she starts to say, hiya, 
you know and it's so mm -hmm. it's so sweet and even yeah for me I mean I'm not gonna go for dinner with him but it's just nice sometimes especially when you're at home and maybe you don't talk to many people just mm -hmm. to have a conversation in the street yeah because one of the things about being a single mom that I struggle a lot was now it's different because she talks but before mm -hmm. they talk it's like you're having dinner and and that's it and you're just making sure that uh the soup ends up in the mouth and not in the floor and and one night it's fine but when you know every night like you had a day and you would normally would grab the phone and spend one hour with a friend on the phone you cannot do that because you're teaching your kid to not be on the phone all day and we often end up calling my parents and just like have dinner with them yeah. through the phone because it can be very boring so these type of conversations are very very nice what worked for me it's starting going for coffees with the other moms of the school so we drop the kids and someday with one someday with another one uh someday together someday apart and and just saying yes to when somebody says oh do you want to come to the park with us and it's like yes yes because it creates a relationship an adult relationship with people who can understand your crazy shit when you spend <laughs> two hours trying to make your daughter sleep <laughs> mm. oh. 9.30 she went to bed last night, my little one. And it's just... Oh. 11. <sighs> 11. After being three hours in the swimming pool, she was super tired. And I thought, okay. But I think she thinks that sleeping is boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't realize Heaven. the luxury that they have to be able to just sleep. But actually, I think there is also like... I. So, you know that every kid comes with their things, yeah. right? So, Valentina eats very well, communicates very well, etc., etc. Her, or my trigger point when it comes to Valentina is putting her to sleep. Mm. So, I did a lesson, like, listen to some people to try to figure out how to do it. And sometimes it's like they are super tired and they want to fall asleep, but they cannot fall asleep. So, me being next to her and being like, be quiet. Valentina, enough, shut up. That doesn't help. Uh -huh. um, so, but it's very hard because it can take up to an hour to unwind to sleeping. And it's very frustrating because, again, there's things that you want to do, which it's your expectations of wanting to do those things. The problem, uh, we need to drop the expectations. And if one day you won the lottery and they fall asleep quick, then you are like, okay, extra time to do whatever I want. Yeah, it's funny how we have different trigger points as parents and also every kid has their their different like thing that they struggle with in themselves and the problem is if they clash oh. that is chaos for me I have a bit of a clash as well eyeless thing she doesn't eat very well mm -hmm. oh. and I just find it so frustrating I just think fucking eat this food you're hungry I know you're hungry because you're grumpy like I've tried I'm surrendering slowly I just think okay you know what at some point in her life she'll eat a broccoli you know why am I just trying to force broccoli sleeping actually I'm surprised with myself and I will ask you this in a second I thought I would be much less patient and I have found that actually yeah don't get me wrong would I prefer bedtime routine to be shorter yes but it doesn't bother me very much. I will happily be in her bed with her quiet for an hour. I like it, weirdly. Oh, I... 
You know what happens <laughs> is I am so tired that yeah. I do fall asleep and she keeps waking me up. <laughs> and I am tired. I need to sleep. Like I actually I'm trying to figure out that I might even need more sleep than her. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We sleep in the same bed. So yeah. when ask. we go to sleep, we go to sleep. So I already turn all the lights off again. Eh? So there's no expectations of doing work and having to wake up to do anything. Lesson learned there. So I already go to sleep. Do you, because I feel like I, I hate what I'm about to say, but for lack of a better way of saying it, I feel like there is a normal bedtime for children, which personally, we haven't done that. We are very lenient. Whatever works for us, we're not really stuck in the routine. At the moment, that may change when she goes to school or something like that. At the moment, we're pretty lenient. If she's really not falling asleep and I haven't eaten, I bring her back down. I have my dinner because I need to eat. How does um, that look like for you? Do you put her to bed a little bit later so that you can go to sleep together and you can eat? Like So the thing is, she's tired. Most of the time, we've tried different things. Yeah, we've done periods of time where the routine was like super, like strict, and we were going to bed like in the same time. Now, because it's summer and there is light, she mm -hmm. really struggles to go to sleep. So we are pushing the times a little bit late. I think again, we are in the moment of dropping that nap, the only nap that she has at lunchtime. So, um, for example, at school she sleeps very good. Mm. But on the weekends, it's a fight to sleep at midday and a fight to sleep at night. So it is very hard because there's within the routine on the weekend, she doesn't sleep. So then what do you do? And some days she doesn't sleep and still goes to sleep at 10. And um, it is super hard till the point that I figure out that sometimes the nap that she should be doing at 12, she does it at six in the afternoon. So then we go to sleep very late. But I prefer that she does this nap at six, that she doesn't nap at all, because then she's overexhausted and then everything is crying and then everything is problems. Mm -hmm. So as I say, like I'm continuously trying to figure out how to make that going to bed a little bit easier. But like we said at the beginning, you're going to find the way to make it easier and then something's going to change probably. <laughs> yes. But also it helped me like we like there is um, a woman psychologist that she does have like one of those bundle courses things uh, mm -hmm. for parenting and how to be more gentle in the parenting. And I'm I'm one of the subscribers and and that helps me to come back at being patient, at understanding and be compassionate because sometimes I just lose it. Um, my girl, she's intense. She's a buzzing energy hopping all the time around everything, just <laughs> jumping. She just jumps all the time, everywhere. <laughs> and I love it, but I'm tired. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, yesterday, literally, she's learned to swim already. So she's playing with kids that they are five, six, seven years old, and she swims in the pool with them. She spends most of the time under the water. So you might think like she jumps and like three hours inside of swim, nonstop. And even not that I'm in the swimming pool, she swims by herself. So yeah, yeah. it's not somebody holding her. Yeah. She swims. And you think that has to be exhausting. Like, I don't know if you've been three hours in the pool, right? <laughs> I'm tired. I want a nap. She doesn't. But it's okay. I, have you heard about human design? No. 
Okay, so human design talks about how our unique energy works. And I've discovered that I'm a non-energetic type. So I'm someone who the deposits of energy are, I would say, empty. So I'm just kind of stealing energy from other people. While she's completely the opposite. She has a sustainable energy. And for me, I should go to sleep before I get tired. While she needs to use every single drop of energy to be able to rest good. So we are the opposite. That's interesting. I'm going to have a Google after. Yes, it's it's very interesting. And it's it's helping me to understand a little bit more our dynamics and mm. it's helping me to starting to implement or explain her my boundaries. Like there was some point that I could feel like I was super tired. She was not. I was like, you know what? You can go to your room. You can play. And whenever you're done, you turn off the light and you come and you lie down in bed. She did. She was going, she was playing while I was sleeping and yeah. she would call, she would turn off the lights at the house and just come to bed and, wow. and just lie down next to me and then finding it difficult to fall asleep again. But at least, you know, giving her, but where's the edge? Yeah. Where's the edge? How much I need to be like, no, enough time that or fight it so, so it's those type of battles that some days I do have the energy to fight those battles and there's some days where I just uh, collapse and, and be like you know what to whatever you want I, I, I make sure that there is no danger in the house so yeah, this is my rule number one as a single mom it's like everything reachable needs to be safe mm-hmm. so I can be in the other place but single mom or mom who is alone in a home yeah, with yeah, a baby yeah. all day long um, same thing so I try to have everything like sure that she can just like wander around yeah what does a typical day look like for you and Valentina from morning to evening ish like how do you manage your work when do you work and when you have like the teacher trainings what does that so, look like my my life uh, there is no two days that they look much the same mm-hmm. um, I run the school so often the struggles comes also into managing a team of people um, so when you think like in the school everything is under control then there is some problems there like for example this year we were in a house and I received a letter saying that we had to leave the house because um, they have money issues and they had to sell the house but they sent the letter that I had to leave the house before a month. Oh my like gosh. How, how you move a full school, like with my teachers that they live there. And like, so once you find like some stability on something, there is some issues. So I spent the last six months looking for houses. So my day would look like going to see houses uh, yeah. to try to figure Did out. Do you have to find new teachers? Yeah. At some point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Where are you based now? Near Barcelona. Okay. You don't yeah. know where, I, yeah, yeah, where yeah. I'm from. Yeah, uh, okay. Just close by the beach, which makes life easier because then at the end of the day, we can just go and have a walk <sighs> on the beach. Or yeah. So even in, in winter, we would just go for a walk, which mm-hmm. it's always refreshing. But there is... There is always things like if it's not the chef, it is the house. If it's not that, it's like there's an electric problem in the house and you need to sort it out. And if not, it's somebody's car broke down. And like there is a continuous thing. Like luckily she goes to school very well. So she goes to school from nine till five. 
and then we spend the afternoon together. But if not during, like for me during the day, I drop her school and then I have breakfast by myself. So it's my moment. And yeah. then I can plan a little bit how it's going to go. Yeah. But again, one of the things that I had to learn is like delegate because now it's fine. She's two and a half and she's going to school nine till five. But you have to think that when I started the school, so I built all the school on postpartum and I started running it like physically, like making it real when she was six months. Wow. So um, there was a lot of letting go there. Absolutely. Yeah. Things that I would have done in another way, but then it was what it was. I felt always like going behind what I wanted because there was never time. So now I'm reaching the point where I start to have some stability and I can dedicate one, two hours to more like admin organizing and just like sorting out problems and then like focusing on what I want to do rather than just like putting patches in places, which was the case before. Do you feel like you ever get time for yourself? Are you able to find time for your own practice or whatever it is that, you know, you do to sort of recharge Look, outside of work? So before that, uh, telling me about the house, it was a little bit easier. So my yoga practice kind of dropped down a lot. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm old. Like I even don't have a sofa at home mm. um, and I don't miss it because I don't have that much time to sit. So I'm all day like, just like, or laundry, or taking her here, or shopping, or... So it's everything like moving, 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 moving. So I started making earrings to be very concentrated and creative, and I needed something to pause me down. At that time, I found like meditating would not, like sitting and meditating would not work, because then my mind goes. So while I was doing something very simple, I can concentrate and I can be in a more meditative state that just being seated because there's that guilt thing there's so many things you have a mess in the house and you decided to sit still I know it's the wrong approach but I found that piece by doing earrings which I need to go back to it now she stayed for five four nights at sleeping at my parents so I could go to the Barcelona yoga conference and then I did five days full of yoga all the time and it was wonderful so I think I am now figuring out like I don't know I think you contacted me more than a year ago to do this call and it's just now that I'm like okay now I have the time to, to do these things um, yeah well before it was very hard I really resonate with that because my yoga practice I want to say my asana practice stopped mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. a very long time but actually exactly like you're describing I've also realized that my yoga practice in the biggest sense didn't stop I just found other ways of implementing it into my life and the podcast for me has been unbelievably therapeutic and mm -hmm. this is where I decided to put my energy just like you in creating earrings you know I could just sit and listen to people and talk and connect which at the end of the day is what yoga I believe is about just connection to ourselves and you know others mm -hmm. within our community and society so I'm also on that journey and slowly finding a way to bring the asana back but um I couldn't meditate either fuck that no <laughs> it's just like there's moments and moments I've tr I've tried because I know like I've gone through some stress definitely on the last months but it's what they say you know when you are most stressed is when you need it the most um mm -hmm. and 
the theory is very good, but when there's 3,000 things buzzing in your brain and always running after the, the watch, and again, if it was like in the past, because there are things that you are choosing to do, mm-hmm. but the things that you need to do is, oh, I need to make sure I have enough diapers. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Oh, and it's things like, oh, it just I find them extremely boring. And But after, you know, after five days of uh, your conference, um, there's been some inspiration. So I'm ready to change again something so it's been kind of like a reset point Um, and now because she's a little bit older and now we can manage a little bit better and now it's summer so everything is much better and easier um i think yeah what do you think has been your biggest obstacle whether mentally i don't know if you know you had any sort of mental struggles i didn't have mental struggles um i do teach uh, a prenatal yoga teacher training so i know how um during pregnancy depression and postpartum depression is a super huge thing and it's something that i want to bring light in this life i've not experienced it myself but i could understand why it happens so uh, i didn't suffer from depression however you are at home with a tiny thing that you don't know how it works you are you are licking through any orifice of your body they are also licking from any orifice of their bodies and you look around you and the world keeps going oh and you see your colleagues that they are they've opened their yoga school already and you see that people that has done another training and you see that people that's gone to that live music concert that you would have loved to have gone and there's all these things around you that you're looking at them and it's like and i'm stuck and it's beautiful and it's life-changing and it's bringing some beautiful things However, you need time of adaptation. You go from a super independent woman to I'm stuck home. I've never been a person to be home ever, ever, ever. Okay. And and you need to transition. Okay. So probably that most of the postpartum depression comes with how to adapt and transition through this. And again, I was a lucky one that had a baby through COVID. So things had already slowed down by themselves. So there was less things to compare. Also, I've always had a very strong health. Like I've not had many um, problems mentally, Um, but I understand that how that comes. Like if I was having a little bit more, I don't like to call it weakness, but if I had already suffered from self-esteem, if I had already suffered from, because then there's your body completely changing okay. shape, right? So somebody who has a struggle to look themselves in the mirror and love themselves, and then all your body changes, and then you can go back to do the workouts because your body needs to adapt, then I understand that people have huge postpartum depressions. There is no a real community to support that sensation that being like somebody telling you you know what you're going to be home for the next 
three months uh, and you're going to have the sensation that all the world is sp spinning faster than ever um, but it's not true and, and it goes fast and you're going to go back on track and you're going to do all those things that you wanted to do it's just going to take a little while but you're going to come through it with new strength with new perspectives with new values and it's going to make it greater so my biggest struggle is to put Valentina to sleep <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah i mean she's not been a sick baby like she's never been sick like i think i have the same bottle of like this medicine for the temperature like i i think i gave it twice oh, since yeah. she's born so i am blessed with many senses mm -hmm. so the struggle for me it is putting valentina to sleep and it's been the battle since day one and still is yeah two years and a half in and it sounds like, I don't want to call it a superficial battle, but, you know, going from talking about potential postpartum depression to putting your kid to sleep, it may seem like a small thing, but every fucking day. Oh, oh it's a torture. It's, it's like, torture. It's a, it's, yes, it's a torture. It's torture. Um, it is superficial and it's, um, it's manageable. Like postpartum, sometimes um, postpartum depression, it's an illness and it's support. Putting a kid to sleep is just like managing your anger, yeah. um, which are... <laughs> managing your anger is not easy. <laughs> no. And there comes when you do some yoga. Yes. yes. Um, and, and there is when I have the reminders of like, what is actually my practice? Um, and when I need to be more compassionate and when I need to be less violent. And, and, and at the end of the day, Valentina, she struggles to sleep, but we take an hour to fall her to sleep, two hours, even some days, two hours and a half. Mm -hmm. However, once she's asleep, she normally sleeps well. Can you imagine that your kid cries and screams all the time? Because when she screams and she's in a, like that place where she's tired, I don't know, it, it, it hurts, it irritates, yeah. and it is so difficult to control yourself. So sometimes in the news that there is somebody who has done something terrifying, and I can understand. I can completely understand. And, and, and we need to be less judgmental about that because in a mom's life can be a lot of things going on. And you love that baby and you love that, you know, ball of flesh um, thing. And, uh, <laughs> but it can drive you nuts. It can drive you nuts like nothing else in the world can drive you nuts because you want them, like your priority is to have them being okay and being good. And you, you it's like a, a ball that gets bigger and bigger. And I understand that some people at some point might lose it. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to defend them, but we need to bring more light into the world. We need to be more supportive. We need to be more helpful. We see sometimes in social media, those videos when there is a baby in a plane and it's stressful enough for a mom to try to deal how I'm going to go with, like I, I, tr I went to Paris alone with her and trying to get inside of the train with her and the pram and the bags. And instead of having somebody being like, hey, can I help you? It would be just like people just trying to pass in front of me. And that didn't help because then I reached the train and I'm like, I am so stressed. Um, so it is, let's give a hand to each other. Like if you see somebody, a mom, really like offer help. It doesn't take you much. And, mm -hmm. and you might save that people's person's 
you know, little day. Yeah. And so, so when we see it, instead of just sitting and being like, oh, I'm sitting behind the baby, which I've done that, be like, hoo-hoo, right? Look at this superwoman. Yeah, um, 100%. She's here and she's doing it. Yeah, 100%. My last question to you was going to be, what would be one tip that you would give to anyone listening? But I feel like you've just given it to us. But if you have another one, feel free to... Well, this would be more like in community, no? To help each other. As a, uh, uh, as a mom. Wow. Wow. Um, I remember after giving birth, I was walking on the street and I felt superhero. I was a superhero. And every time I would see somebody with a kid, I was like, yeah, you are a superhero <laughs> yeah. as well. That feeling has gone. I need reminders or I need, you know. But know that... You don't like there's non-perfect mom existing that it's not possible and it is fine. You ju- the kid just needs love, nothing else. If he eats a little bit less, it's not a problem. If he doesn't like broccoli now, he might like it later on. Maybe not. Wow. It it doesn't matter. They they are getting fed by love. They're getting nourished at nighttime sleep by love and that's your goal it's just to make sure that this connection stays there oh i love that thank you so much is there anything else that you want to add or share with us or i'm actually sorry before you do that i want to i want to share two things with you i want to share a memory that i have and that i've been thinking about when you know you were talking about compassion and letting go and things like that when we were at the yoga bubble Mm -hmm. your car got broken into so for reference listeners some friends of ours have a yoga school in the south of Spain and Amelia and I were there at one point at the same time and your car got broken into and your laptop got stolen Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you remember this but you said they obviously needed it more than me (laughs) what to say no (laughs) I felt so in awe and so inspired because we're so attached to things materialistic things um attached to goals and what things should look like I really remember that and when (laughs) I lose something or do you know what I mean it's actually it's something that I come back to because it's so true. I mean, I probably heard it some, somewhere else, like, but yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's amazing. There's, what else can you do? Just like, I should have been locking the car. I should have been doing this. I should have been, it's done. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. The yeah. more you keep attached to that thought, the more you're going to be suffering yourself. I agree. Um, which, and again, brings us back to the idea that actually a yoga practice doesn't have to look like asana on a mat. Mm -hmm. It's so much more. The other thing, oh yes, that I wanted to say is I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that you are a superhero because listening to you talk about that as a single mom navigating everything that becoming a mom involves by yourself, navigating, you know, the internal mental battle of a present dad and not present dad navigating COVID because it had advantages, but it was also, you know, mentally and emotionally taxing for a lot of us. 
navigating building a business and everything that that involves, which I'm sure we can't even begin to compute all of the little things. Thank well you. done you. Thank you. Well done you. Yeah, really well done. And I'm so grateful that you've come on and shared because, oh, fucking hard, but we can <laughs> do it and we do do it. And I think it just goes to show that, yeah, well done you. Thank you. So you find a way to help people by doing this podcast. And I think it's great. One way that I found to help uh, moms, it is um, when I created the prenatal teacher training course, mm. um, because when I was pregnant, I went to do a yoga teacher training for pregnancy and it was shit. I, I was feeling great and they were kind of like just backing me up a lot about a lot of things. And, and then I started to learn more about it and I've created a course to empower teachers to know that it is safe to do yoga. Yeah. And, but uh, we go a little bit beyond that. It's how how as yoga teachers we can be the support of those people because these people might have a present partner but they might not have a present partner and how we can really create a community through yoga um, so i'm empowering uh, teachers to be the change for these moms to be to people reaching labor feeling more secure about themselves feeling more love and it's a yoga teacher training and I had the chance that every time to have one or two pregnant girls in the training. Um, but I wish like pregnant women that they are not meant to be yoga teachers would come as well because the information of empowerment to get to your own birth, knowing more about yourself, knowing more about what you want, knowing more about how that can be out of, like with the system, without the system, mm -hmm. like what that represents, what, how are you as a yeah. human being and how you want that to be. Um, so that is how I found my getting back to the world about pregnancy mm -hmm. postpartum. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and that was going to be my next question, actually, in regards to work that you do and the your school whether the pregnancy pre and postnatal teacher training is suitable for people who don't already have you know a yoga background but are just interested in learning potentially maybe because they're pregnant or maybe because that's their passion for whatever reason or maybe I don't know they're a midwife and they want something additional I absolutely would love people to come um actually the ones that are going to have the certificate to be able to teach yoga are the ones who already have a yoga teacher training because we don't spend much time in terms of teaching methodology okay. we don't teach that much about how to deliver a class mm -hmm. it is going right on the point why women should be practicing what they can do what they can not do when to stop them what are the signs who can who cannot why like the reasons why it should be like this why it should not be like that um i wish that's where coming to the course ah oh, yeah i wish that's where like i have the chance like stefano was one of my teachers and then his wife got pregnant and i invited the both of them to come to the training and you know to be able to say all those things in front of him i think the impact of for that woman because yeah okay uh you get into the wall and you just spread your hands and you start just like ah 
against a wall, right? If you get home and your partner is in the sofa and you start to feel do, do this and you start to feel, you know, weird about it. Yeah. I mean, at least I can imagine myself feeling very uncomfortable doing that. However, if he's been there with you, if you've made that man do that same sound, when it comes to home and, and that woman needs it, and it would mean, oh, she's doing this, so maybe she needs more support. Maybe she needs more help. Maybe she she I can just like do it with her because I know how awkward she might feel to be doing that alone. You know, I wish people who are pregnant would come and I wish their partners would come as well. I do yoga teacher training because I believe it's the way to reach to more people. So I teach few people who are going to go out there and teach many people. So my goal is to empower these people. If you are pregnant and you are not a yoga teacher, luckily you're going to have, you're going to find someone who can support you super good. If not, I'm super happy to support people uh, yeah. with their pregnancies. You will have to send me the link to your website and all of your offerings and stuff. And I'll put it in the description so that in case anyone is listening and interested. Oh my gosh, guys, Amelia is your woman. <laughs> Well, uh, one of the last students that I had, she was organizing specifically retreats for pregnant women. So I think we are shifting, we are changing, and we are, you know, moving forward uh, on supporting each other yeah, and creating yeah. more experiences where we can talk freely. Open space, open mm -hmm. space. Um, I think we do need more of that. Amelia, thank you so much for chatting to me today and chatting to us and sharing your story and everything. Ah, Thank you, Magali. Thank you for um, creating that space where we can all talk about the good and the bad and the putting babies to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... <laughs> I hope Valentina goes to sleep okay for you tonight. I hope so as well. I will chat to you soon. Keep in touch. I'm sending you lots of love. Mwah. Ciao. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.